0: Small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can use it. Fun, he can prove it. Hey
1: everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for All things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. A I'm Murray Valeriano a and Murray joining us today in the Zoom room to finally record an episode on one of this gentleman's favorite bands, The Grateful Dead. Please welcome M-Bags, Michael Bagford. How are you doing, Michael? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. Michael, you're in Ohio, correct?
2: That is correct.
1: What's the weather like currently in Ohio?
2: Uh, It's still kind of warm, still kind of uh, fall. Summer is kind of trickling down. Fall's starting to come in a little bit. All right. Business Uh, as usual. Yeah,
3: Murray, what do you got down there? Where you? Uh, I'm just saying I'm, I'm doing fine, Michael. Thanks for asking. Pat wouldn't let me answer before he jumped into his barrage of questions. I'm doing fine. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to get to, to you. No, you. Well, you, you know, well, Michael, bags got to me and then you fucking got in there and derailed it and made it all about me. I'm the host. Look, this uh, this band name is
1: perfect because I'll be grateful when Murray's dead.
3: <laughs> you know what?
1: So will I. <laughs> also, I brought a touch of gray to the beard today.
4: Okay. Oh, look oh. at you!
0: All right, uh,
1: all right. Look, we're we're uh, we're recording via Zoom. We can see each other. You people will never see this. Good. Hey,
2: speaking
3: not... of uh, gray, yeah. How old are you, Bags?
2: I am thirty-seven. All right, no, I be... Look
3: at that. Look at that hair. It's almost. Do you color it?
2: No, I don't, but there is some gray in it. I All am right, getting gray.
3: Well, not from here, buddy. You look just as handsome as I remember. I could be his dad.
2: That is true.
3: I'm. How, is your dad still with us, Michael?
1: Yes,
2: he still is. And how old is he? He's 69. <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah.
3: He oh. <laughs> could definitely be his dad, Woo. then, Pat. He could definitely be his dad. The best <laughs>
1: year to celebrate. I bet... How many people volunteer to go get the cake when you're 69? <laughs> Everyone wants to put their stamp on it. <laughs>
2: Sounds a I'm,
1: I'm 57. So yes, I, if I had a kid when I was 20, his name would be Michael Bagford Francis Dodson. There'd be no sure. Francis. All right. And look, who knows? You live in Ohio. I grew up in Pennsylvania. What if I crossed the border and I, I would have found uh, your mom?
3: Jeez.
4: <laughs> that's, scary. just iso-
3: isolate that and just use that what if i went to ohio and found your mom and
1: uh and i know your mom's still with us because she's watching your daughter today that's correct how old your mom here we go
2: yeah it is uh she is 62
1: ah uh, call me in seven years okay
3: uh, how old your daughter
1: no. she's
2: eight.
3: uh, that's so sweet uh frank's nine man i didn't know where you were going with that question oh don't no, back off creepy i'm trying to get my kid at a prom date ahead of time man all right
1: well there you don't go. want
3: to last minute it like i did all right there I you go. go with my brother michael let's find out a little bit
1: about you for people that don't uh, don't know you and because uh maybe i'm forgetful um i know you once drove about three hours to see murray Valariano perform stand-up comedy and that had to be a disappointing <laughs> drive home <laughs> No, it
2: wasn't disappointing at all. It was great to meet Murray. I had a wonderful time meeting Murray. Thank I know you, that, Bags.
1: I know that to be true. So that's why I teed it up
2: for you. <laughs> we also uh, got the worst picture I've
3: ever taken together. And I don't, I'm, I'm surprised I let that leave the bar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I could do a screen capture now and it would be better than. Oh,
3: that. 100%. What was I thinking? Was I right? What you, oh, probably you had to leave because you had to drive nine hours. Yeah. You drove nine hours to see me. Pat Francis has never seen me. I don't want to, it'll taint,
1: it'll taint it for me. (laughs) Cause I like, right. Currently I think you're funny, but if I see that show. That's a good point. I might have a different opinion.
2: That's a good point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bags, what do you, do you want to talk about your job? What do you do for a living?
2: Uh, I work for a telecommunications company that's out in Colorado, but I work remotely from Ohio. And what's it's it's quoting broadband, which sounds very exciting.
1: And and so you're talking to people on the phone all day.
2: No, no, no. Well, okay. I have to talk to like the salespeople that uh, bring in projects that I have to quote for. But I don't have to talk to the customer directly. But I'm talking with the salesperson from my company that's dealing with them sometimes.
1: D- explain your. Can you explain your job? Like I, I find it fascinating uh, jobs. But uh, but I but but I'm still not sure exactly what you do. Can you? Okay, okay, you wake up, you go to work, you get to your desk, you have a desk.
2: Uh I use my bed usually.
3: Oh, you're working from you're still working from home.
2: Yes. Okay. Brian,
3: you're Brian, Brian Wilson in that job, huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah, has got, got the sandbox and all that.
3: <laughs> the sandbox is great cuz if you have to go to the bathroom, it's just like a litter box too. Yep. It was. And your own giant
1: zen garden. Yep. yep. Um so what do you do? You boot up the computer. What's the first thing Michael Bagford does? Monday at work?
2: Oh, I usually have to check my email, see if there's any pressing matters from any salespeople. Okay. I'll have some projects they'll have to work on. Uh, it's usually they'll give me a list of sites. I have to go out to all these broadband providers, see what works best for each address, price it out with our own contract information, uh, give it to the salespeople because it's pretty much part of a bigger project that they're doing the broadband access is this one part and okay, that's pretty much it
1: now how do you know if you're doing a good job if i'm not doing a good job someone will uh, call me a name on social media but if <laughs> if you're not doing a good and it's same with murray they'll just boo so uh, how do you know if you're not doing a good job
2: well i know i'm doing a good job because usually my supervisors say hey we really like your work all the time i always get compliments from the salespeople I work for. So that's going well, even right. though my mental health has kind of been iffy with the job because it is stressful dealing with salespeople. Okay. But otherwise I'm doing good.
1: So how do you manage, uh, now we're getting serious. How do you manage, uh, a mental health? Uh, uh, I don't want to say crisis, but if you're, if you're not feeling, uh, uh, as, as good, uh, as you might want to feel that was a terrible sentence. What are you, can you, can you fake it a little harder, Pat? What do you mean? I'm, tr- I'm asking a <laughs> legitimate question. <laughs> Come on, so when you concern. say, yeah. Good. So when you, yeah. So when you say you're having a, a, a mental mental health day, what, uh, what do you do to, to try to snap out of it? I'm not a doctor people.
2: Um, I usually talk about with uh, friends or family. Sometimes even on the social media, sometimes I'll call my mom and just talk to her about what's going on and usually kind of get a better perspective on, you know, that the job can be stressful. You got to kind of just uh, let it go. Cause I do take work a little bit too personally
1: sometimes. Gotcha. Okay. And um, now look, here's what I'm going to, now I'm not faking it right now. Here's what I'm going to say about this. That is, that is excellent what he said because a lot of people don't reach out to friends and family and talk about it. And after you talk to friends and family, you feel a lot better. I bet. Yeah. There you go. So even though I'm saying it's as simple as that, I know that some people just
3: can't do it or don't want to do it or you know what I mean? Well, bags, I've been, I've been learning a lot lately. I, my, I had, I don't know if you heard this, but I had open heart surgery a couple of years ago. I haven't talked oh, about that in five minutes, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> but that kicked up, uh, like a side effect of it was depression and it should have dissipated and it didn't. And so it kind of turned me on to the fact that I've been struggling with depression for much longer than I realized. And over the last year with the pandemic was really rough. So I really feel for you, buddy. I I, I, not feel for you, but feel with you. How's that? And Murray, what do you do?
1: What do you do to combat it? Cause I know you don't have friends to talk to. And, um, so
3: what, what would (laughs) Well, I used to call Pat Francis, but I got tired of him faking interest in my mental health, so. (laughs) That's that's BS. All right, look. Today, we're all feeling good, right? Yeah, Yeah, totally. We're
1: we're in the Zoom room. We're laughing. We're having a good time. Um,
3: We're about to end all that with the Grateful Dead. Here we go. (laughs) Um,
1: Mike, one more thing. I want to get this right at the top. Uh, uh, Bonus episode that dropped. Uh, Michael did an intro and, uh, and, uh, I pretended like it sounded like Michael was drunk. And, uh, and, uh, apparently I think when you heard that, uh, you didn't appreciate it. You
2: can be honest. At first I didn't appreciate it, but I kind of gave it time and actually listened to the whole episode. And then everyone was saying how funny my intro was. So. I feel better about it now. Okay, good. I know you're just joking around, so I'm I don't absolutely take jokes to it. And
3: I and I, only,
1: and so I gotta a, be honest.
2: So
3: basically, you're saying you're an angry drunk.
2: Yes, he wasn't okay. even
3: drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so I was doing my Barney Gumble impression, then for the rest of the episode, every time I would talk about
3: Michael Bagford, oh.
4: I would just go, "Hey, I'm Michael Bagford." Oh bags and,
3: uh, i am now in your corner buddy i and, am now uh, in your corner on
1: this one <laughs> as you know murray i probably did it you know uh, 10 too many times but 10 anyway, 10 I did, I did a lot of times <laughs> i think we're
3: low balling it with 10 i know uh, you are. hey i'm murray <laughs> my heart sucks
1: okay so <laughs> let's move into the topic grateful dead michael bagford is is the grateful dead in your top five bands
2: I would say it's very close to the top five. Okay. I'd say it's like six or seven in okay. my top 10.
1: All right. That's good. Like sometimes when we do these episodes, I'll be like, so is ABC in your top five bands? And the person will be like, no. And I'm like, what, <laughs> why, why are we doing this? Why did you pick this topic? All right. Top seven, top six. That's perfect. When did you first, just cause you're young to be into the grateful. Day. Yes. So when did you, how did you discover them?
2: Um, I discovered them. My dad used to kind of play Grateful Dead music a little bit when I was younger. I first kind of got more notice into the Grateful Dead, like in about the mid 90s, because they had a classic albums on uh, Anthem of the Sun and American Beauty. So I kind of got interested in that and started getting a couple of cassettes, kind of got into their studio stuff and then kind of ventured out to their live stuff. And just kind of over the years, kind of got more into them, started listening to like all the other live recordings out there. And so at this point, I would say, yep, there are about six or seven in my top 10 bands.
1: How many live recordings by The Grateful Dead do you think you personally have in your collection?
2: Oh, I don't know how many discs. Probably about releases, I would say. Oh, at least about 30.
1: Wow. Maybe more
2: than that. That's crazy. Mm.
1: And can you differentiate between, like, can you actually look on the shelf and go, oh, yeah, I really like this one, or this one's not good, or does it all kind of run together after a while?
2: Uh, There's some that I like more than others, but sometimes it kind of runs together. It just kind of depends on what mood I am in, Yeah, what concert I might want to listen to, what era I might want to listen to. So it just kind of depends on my mood.
1: And I know the Grateful Dead is not together the way we knew it in the heyday. What are they called now? What are they called?
2: They are called Dead and Company. And Dead they and have company. John Mayer as the Jerry Garcia in that group right
3: now. And Just I'm winning more happy. fans over to the Grateful Dead right now. <laughs> just winning them all over. Oh, that John Mayer is a great guitarist. We agree on that. He is. Yeah. He, I just heard a track of his the other day. And I'm like, man, that guitar player, that sounds like Mark Knopfler on guitar. Who is And I go, Suzanne it. it was like John Mayer. I was like, God damn it. The guy's a great <laughs> guitar player. Can't write his fucking song to save his life.
1: Yeah. He wrote a song called daughters. I have daughters and I hate that song. <laughs> 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 um,
2: have you ever seen the dead in company? No, I was going to in 2020 and that got canceled. Why? And uh, something called COVID. All right. COVID-19.
1: COVID. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're, here's what we're doing. We're just doing, we're not doing live stuff, although Michael might surprise us with a live track here or there. Uh, we're going to go through the 13 Grateful Dead studio albums. Is it the Grateful Dead or is it just Grateful Dead? I think it's just Grateful Dead. Just grateful. Don't say the, Murray. Can I say something real quick? Uh, could you save it till the end? I think it's, it's apropos now. Okay. But everyone listening, that's Murray.
3: Um, I like the Grateful Dead also.
1: Cool. And I'm, I've just been introduced to the Grateful Dead, uh, getting ready for this episode, which we've been, uh, uh, teeing up for about, uh, four years. So <laughs> it's, it's the truth. That's, I don't think that's an exaggeration, Kind right? of feels like a long time. It, it, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, um, uh, this has been weighing on my shoulders for a long time. Cause I'm like, we got to record an episode. So, because I and I feel that way, I have a bunch of episodes that I have to record with people, and it's just like, oh, me, so, right. Susie
3: Quattro's been on 27 times in the last year. <laughs> Look, man,
1: G <laughs> I L F. Oh, Lord. <laughs> all right, here we go 1967, self titled Grateful Dead album. Michael Bagford, what do you got for us?
2: Uh, the song I have from the Grateful Dead, uh, this was released on March 17th, 1967, uh, produced by David Hassinger. David Hasselhoff?
1: To... Hasselhoff?
2: No, uh, David Hassinger. He oh, okay. worked on the Rolling Stones' Aftermath album. Ooh, excellent. Mm. And this got to a high 73 in the charts. The song or the album? Uh, the album did. Okay. And this song is Cream Puff War.
1: Let's check it out. Cream Puff War. vocal on that track
2: uh that would be jerry garcia
3: rock in peace jerry garcia now you could take that song and put it up against anything in 1967 right you know if you were you could that could have been the electric prunes that could have been any of those airplane that could have been uh any of those guys that sounds really good i i'm not a big fan of their recorded music i listen to mostly live stuff uh that sounds great I feel like it took a while for them to get it
1: right in the studio,
2: yeah, because I think on that they... first sorry, go ahead. no no. yeah, on that first album, uh, they were a little nervous about recording that, and they decided to take some speed on that album. That's why they sound <laughs> a little bit fast on there.
4: <laughs> all right.
3: all right. <laughs> okay, Murray, you're up. What do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to pick, I think, I'm just looking at the, the only other Bags. Am I right on this? The only other penned song by the Grateful Dead on that album?
2: Yeah, I believe that's the true. Go-
3: the Golden Road to Unlimited Devotion. This is yep. this is where the speed really kicked in, I think, Bags.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, just so you know, I also chose this song. and oh, okay. I chose it for the reason that you just said, because I wanted to pick something that they wrote. So... This is uh, from me and Murray and the Grateful Dead. This is the golden road.
3: I have to to go on uh, on record and so everybody can hear me apologize to my wife because just as I stopped listening to The Grateful Dead incessantly last year, this is going to make me start all over again. So (laughs) I go in these pockets where I just throw on YouTube up in our living room and I just listen to concerts and I ruin every artist for her because I just listen them into the ground.
1: Well, I was doing that uh, last week or two weeks ago with white lion so you know i'm in
2: the doghouse, dude <laughs> you might be in the doghouse with me <laughs> <laughs> i All did right. i did fly to new orleans
3: with the bass player from white line uh, james lomenzo yes jim that's what i call him oh really you called him jim yeah. got him in my phone buddy i'm gonna ask you this you have to answer honestly good looking or bad looking uh jim uh pfft. I would say for a base player, his age, good looking. Yeah, he's good looking. I mean, that's what I hear.
1: All right. All right. right. Uh, All back right.
3: To- How about bags? Good looking or bad looking? He doesn't I don't know, know what he looks he- like. He doesn't know what he looks like. No, is Michael Bagford. Do we think he's good looking or bad looking? Well, before you came on the Zoom, Michael Bagford said that you are
1: the best looking of the three of us. And that's no lie that he said that.
3: Oh, that's so sweet, Bags. I feel bad because I was going to say you're ugly. Okay.
2: <laughs> so I'm the bass player from Gooby Dolls in this uh, Zoom
4: meeting.
2: <laughs> or, or this guy from The Grateful Dead. What's his name? The Pigpen?
1: Oh, God. What a goddamn yeah, mess McKernan. that guy is. Oh, what a mess he is. He's Plays. literally, I watched some of that docuseries. He looks filthy.
4: Yeah, his name's like Pigpen. Pen.
1: Yeah. That's not a nickname you want. I want to be Mr. Clean. I don't want to be Pig Pen.
3: Rock and Dirty Peace, Pig Pen. Is Pig Pen dead? He was the first one to go, wasn't he, Bags?
2: Yes, he was. He died in 1973.
3: Did his own filth
1: kill him?
2: Alcohol killed him.
1: Okay. Well, now you made me feel bad. The
3: guy had a problem with bathing and drinking. <laughs> well, the, 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 spoiler alert, I guess, the Grateful Dead's keyboard. Player position kind of became the spinal tap drummer position. Would you back me up on that, Bags?
2: I would definitely back you up on that. I bet Bruce Hornsby is very wary of life. (laughs) (laughs) He was a keyboard player.
3: So who was in there? He's he's not taking any chances. He's who he's wearing a (laughs) seatbelt. Who
1: was in there on keyboards? We had Tony K, Rick Wakeman, and Jeff Downs. Is that who we had on keyboards?
2: Yep, uh, uh, on keyboards, uh, starting out was Ron McKernan, pig pen, yep, and then it was Keith Godchow, and the then worst era was... of the
3: Grateful Dead, by the way.
2: <laughs> uh, Brett, Brent Midland was the next keyboard my player, my favorite, and then uh, Vince Wellnick from the Tubes with Bruce Hornsby, and then Bruce Hornsby left, and it was just Vince, and then That was about it. Oh, there was Tom Constantine that was also on keyboards for like the late 60s. All right. Oh, I don't, I'm not familiar with Tom Constantine.
1: Look at this. Did you have that written down? Is it, or did you know that in your head?
3: In my head. Wow. Love it. That's why, that's why I love them. That's why I love them.
1: All right. We're moving on to Anthem of the Sun. Tell us about it, Michael.
2: Uh, For their second album, this Anthem of the Sun, they decided to self produce. Basically, because they got David Hassinger to start off, but they, the Grateful Dead scared him away, actually. They started talking about wanting to mix thick air with thin air and just doing a bunch of drugs. And David Hassinger decided he had enough and walked out and they decided to produce it on their own. And just so and people that's know.
3: true though, Bags, right? I mean, like they didn't they yeah. go out to the desert to record air and then record uh, air in Los
2: Angeles? No, they didn't go out to the desert. However, uh, they recorded some of their live shows and kind of mixed some of those live shows together with some of the studio material that they did for the album. Mm.
1: And just so people know, they were signed to Warner Brothers Records, one of the biggest record companies in in the, in the world, then and now. Who gave these guys money and then let them
3: turn the well, knobs? The guy- there was. It, I think it was. Wasn't it a subsidiary? And it, this was their first. This was their first branch into into rock and roll. Am I getting that correct?
2: No, they were on the main Warner. they on the label. main
3: Warner Brothers label. Really? Buddy. Yep. Was it the head of the one? The head of A and R then, or somebody was like handling like you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Some of those folk, like Sinatra type people, and this was like their first kind of like, hey, w- we want to sign a San Francisco band, and so they signed the Grateful Dead and didn't realize what they were getting.
2: Yeah, I think it was one of those cases. They did have the Reprise label, which the Kinks were on, mm-hmm. but they never really had any major rock groups mm-hmm. on Warner Brothers until the Grateful Dead. I think they were like one of the first that they got. They might hey. Jefferson Airplane was RCA. I was about ready to say them, but they were on RCA. All right. So,
1: so I was song, right. what song do you have for us from Anthem of the Sun?
2: Uh, this song is it's part of a suite called That's It for the Other One. Uh, this is the first part of the suite, which uh, Jerry Garcia sings on. Okay. Uh, no, I did pick a lot of Jerry Garcia stuff for my material. There's like a couple of Bob Weir songs here and there. Uh, no Pen, no Donna Jean, uh, no Brent. So it's pretty much Jerry for most of this. But uh, this is called uh, Cryptical Envelopment.
1: All right, here we go. nice it has a drug feel i feel like i want to do
3: drugs i feel like there's some heavy air air in that you can hear the air in there murray i felt like some heavy air we got into that one felt like there's some bleed over of the heavy air to the light air i don't know why i've 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 gone to eating uh thc gummies to help me sleep i don't know why i didn't eat one before this this would have been perfect
1: yeah but then you wouldn't be able to play poker tonight
3: Oh, that's true. And I would fall asleep in about 20 minutes.
1: (laughs) doesn't matter what drugs you take. You always win poker. I hate you.
2: Um, Glad glad to be here.
1: uh, uh, Are you a drug guy, Michael? Did you do drugs in high school?
2: Uh, I didn't really do drugs. Uh, I did drink occasionally. Uh, There was one instance where I took some uh, weed brownies during a Myrtle Beach vacation. And after that incident, I kind of just didn't do any weed after that. So at this point, I just drink occasionally. That's
3: all right. All right. Uh, Very
2: occasionally. I don't know you to be a drinker. Uh, Sometimes. I mean, it'll be like once a week, maybe it's just like one or two beers. And that's usually on the night where I don't have my daughter. So
3: that's why I'm also basing that on the one time I met you yeah <laughs> and you had a nine hour drive ahead of you hey this boring guy doesn't drink <laughs> oh right he has to drive nine hours and it's a sunday night and he has to work the next day <laughs>
1: hey give me some of those pot brownies
4: oh lord um,
1: uh so michael when you kick back for in in an october and you're watching some horror films you grab a beer maybe yeah there you go normal behavior in this house
3: uh murray <laughs> what's your uh, what's your next tune um, I am actually, I'm the opposite. I think because I, I was, when I was doing this, I realized all my favorite Grateful Dead songs came from Bob Weir's solo album. <laughs> so, <laughs> which they've all been incorporated as Grateful Dead songs throughout the years. But uh, I'm actually picking a rarity of a uh, Robert Hunter, uh, aforementioned Pigpen and Phil Lesh composition. Phil yep. Lesh is my favorite member of the Grateful Dead on bass. Uh, this is Alligator. Let's do it. Alligator. Listening to that great, great um, tone-deaf backing vocals of <laughs> Phil Lesh.
1: <laughs> uh, he sings lead on some songs, doesn't he?
2: Yes, he does. Um,
1: they just anything would fly with this band, right?
2: Yeah, for the most part, I think so. Yeah. At least they at used this to chant.
3: They used to chant when I, I I've seen the Grateful Dead. I saw the I saw the. Uh, Brett Midland years of the Grateful Dead and every once in a while they'd start chanting Phil, 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 and he would be forced to uh, it would always be Box of Rain, which is probably coming up later. Um, now look, this is going to sound like a bit
1: because it happened last time, but I also picked Alligator. <laughs> and again, I didn't look at your lists. I just went through the albums and I made my list. So... <laughs> I know, I know the first two, and it's the same as Murray, but it's not a bit, and it's not going to happen. Um, uh, well, it might happen again, but it's not going to happen next.
3: So we're back here's to a, Bags. All right, here's a question for Bags, though, because the song Alligator was co-written by Robert Hunter. Is this where we see a big upswing in Robert Hunter uh, contributions to the dead?
2: Uh, yes, uh, Robert Hunter started uh, contributing more lyrics at this point. So yeah, that first album kind of had a lot of covers on it, uh this anthem of the sun it was all originals at this point mm-hmm. and i don't think that there's might be a cover here or two in some later studio albums but from this point on it's mostly originals now this
1: next album coming up i don't even know how to pronounce it do you know how to say it
2: it's like oxo Moxilla or something like that i don't know how to pronounce it either it sounds like something i always something said, I would I always use said to, oxo Moxo. it
1: sounds like something you would use to clean the toilet
2: Yes, it does. Right? Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, so we'll say it's Oxo-Moxo. Uh, oxo, Moxo, oxo Moxo. Okay, what do you got for us?
2: Uh, this is the lead-off track from that album. Uh, the last album got to 87 in the charts. This one did not chart. Oh. Uh, this is uh, St. Stephen, uh, sung by Jerry Garcia and written by Garcia and Robert Hunter. All
1: right, here we go. Saints. And Phil Lesh.
0: Saint Stephen with a rose In and out of the garden he goes Country garden in the wind and the rain Wherever he goes the people all complain Stephen prosper in his time Well he may and he may decline Did it matter does it now? Stephen would answer if he only knew how
3: What do you think of that song, Murray? I love it. I picked that one. Uh, I apologize. I was doing a, I was doing a, a self-record just in case you had any problems, and it just shut down. So, um, anyway, okay, uh, if we have a problem, we'll just do it
1: again. Uh, sounds good. In, in
3: four years. Yeah. Uh yeah, I love. it. I picked that song. Uh, that's that's the only song off that album not written by Robert Hunter just robert hunter and uh jerry garcia phil Lesh had a co-writing credit on that and that's the song they also famously played when they played uh playboys after dark and put acid in all the coffee amen
1: these guys (laughs) like
3: shenanigans (laughs) they recorded it came from the merry pranksters didn't they
2: (laughs) they? (laughs) weren't they yes they did
3: yeah
1: now here i'm gonna tell you guys something Initially, I also picked this song, but then, <laughs> but then I looked and you guys both picked it. So then I'm like, well, I have to pick something else. So I picked uh, from the album Oxumoxo, I picked Mountains of the Moon. Oh, wow. Okay. I like this one.
4: Yeah.
0: Gold mountain water, the Jade Merchant's daughter. Mountains of the moon, Electra bow and bend to me. I ho, the carrion crow, follow the Raleigh Riddle. I ho, the carrion crow, bow and bend to me. Hey, Tom.
1: now i will say getting through these first three albums was a bit of a struggle for me i don't know if uh if i should say that but uh it was a uh, it was difficult it, they weren't uh,
3: they weren't 10 out of 10s for me
2: yeah i definitely agree with that
3: yeah, 100%. They're not 10s out of 10s for me. Actually, I don't think any of their studio albums are 10s out of 10s for me. Uh, but, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when they played that, when I was seeing them, I saw them like from like 86, to 90, like right before Brett Midland died, and they they would retire songs for years. Okay. And then they would bring them back, and they brought back Mountains of the Moon when I was seeing them. and uh, Oh, and then they played Dark Star one time for like the first time in like 20 years. And you would have thought it was the fucking second coming of Jesus Christ to these fucking hippies. <laughs> you, They they was like, fuck. It was, oh my God. It was like dancing orgasms. And then nobody would shut up about it for a year. Is there a chance that if
1: I heard some of the songs that I don't like on these first three albums, if I heard them live, that I would like them?
2: Oh, there's a good chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Murray says, I prefer the live versions myself as mm-hmm. well, but the hard thing to do when you have all those live releases is to pair everything down and people might just want to kind of start out with the studio material, just kind of get used to it. I will yeah. say their studio material is better than Fish's studio material. <laughs> oh, I've never heard
3: a negative comment about Fish from Bags.
2: Uh, those, those albums can kind of be rough. Yeah, they're much better live than they are in the studio. Bags,
1: who do you like better, Fish or Grateful Dead?
2: Uh, Grateful Dead. Who do you
1: like better, Grateful Dead or Dave Matthews Band?
2: Oh, uh, Dave Matthews Band, actually.
1: Dave Matthews Band, top five?
2: Uh, yeah, I would say they're top five. They're the band I've seen the most in concert. I've seen them 11 times. Wow. All
3: right. Nice. I saw there's a. I was down at the Grammy Museum the other night, and there's a, a Dave Matthews, uh, I don't know, exhibit or so. I was going to take a picture and send it to you, but I, I didn't want you have my number. Okay, <laughs> I <laughs> have your, your number, number. now because I group texted you. <laughs> Everybody right. in the rock solid universe has Ooh. my number. I'm getting calls from Australia. I don't know these people. They're like, "Good yeah. show, mate!" On the episode where you talked about the dead.
1: Yeah, that's uh. That's going to lose us a lot of Australian listeners, that accent you just tried.
2: <laughs> it you know wasn't I mean. like Pat Francis calling in the Australian accent to Murray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to Working Man's Dead. I feel like this is like the first one that seems classic to me.
2: Yes, uh, this one kind of seems more classic to me as well. Uh, the band at this point kind of wanted to do more simpler songs actually, and actually make a hit record. Uh, they were getting, you know, they were kind of fuck ups for the first three albums. Like man's <laughs> been telling them, you guys kind of need to get a hit single a bit and kind of quit being jackasses a bit. And they started getting more into their folk and country roots a bit. So they kind of started to get more simple songs at this point, but I think better songs because of it as well. They're not. And the albums got better at this point in their yeah, career.
1: I agree. It's uh it's funny though that like the albums are usually like the artwork's usually colorful, and this album is is not. Th- this yeah. one doesn't uh I like the album cover, but it just it's not on par with uh some of the stuff we saw
3: earlier and what we're gonna see coming up. But it's kind of looking towards like an e- like desperado with that yeah, Eagles Like album, an eagle you know?
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah, for sure. I agree with that.
1: Maybe that's what they were going for. So what do you got for us, Bags?
2: Uh, This is uh, a song by uh, Jerry Garcia and Robert Hunter. I don't know if there's another co-writer on that, because even though I did, like, chart information and, like, who the album was produced by, I did not write down who wrote the songs. But this is sung by Jerry, and it's called uh, Dire Wolf. I'll look up who wrote it
3: while it plays. (laughs) It's uh, Jerry Garcia, Robert Hunter. Thank you, Murray.
0: Mm -hmm. You're better than Kyle. up old. The wolves are running round Winter was so hot and cold it froze ten feet beneath the ground Don't murder me I beg of you Don't murder me Please Don't murder me I sat down to my supper it was a bottle of red whiskey I said my prayers and went to bed. That's the last they saw of me. Don't murder me. I beg of you, don't murder me. Please don't murder me. When I upwoke the I woke 600 pounds of sin.
3: All right. Murr, do you like that song? I think I picked that song. You did? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Murray! I know. Bags, that's I, why we need. That's why I need to move to East Bumfuck, Ohio, so we can be best friends.
2: Uh, no, you don't. You
3: would hate Ohio. I why hate Ohio. Have, why don't we have
1: Bagford move to Los Angeles and then he can be friends with both of us?
3: Because I will never move to Ohio. He might move here. That's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't want to do it. All right. I also I, uh, learned. I also learned dire wolves are only in uh, Southern California. We're only in Southern California. They're a prehistoric wolf. Oh, really? I learned that at the Librea Tarpits. When did you you take your son there, or
1: did uh, Mary take you there?
3: Well, if I'm good, <laughs> she'll take me to the tar pits and then get me a snow cone afterwards.
1: Do you mind that people know like our family's uh, names? Like everyone in our family, we just put our name their names out there.
3: Um. Are you asking me or bags? I'm asking you, and then I'll move on to bags. Our guest, I've, I've, I've gotten, I've gotten used to it. It is a little weird sometimes doing shows afterwards, and people come up and ask how Frank's doing.
1: Yeah, like you a know, stranger, I mean, like
3: Wichita, Kansas, or something. <laughs> like, hey, how's Frank? How, what's great? What's, what's Wow, I can't believe he's nine already. I'm like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Now, bags has told.
3: Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's the great thing about, we were talking about this the other day. It's a great thing about podcasting. It's really, it's the good thing. It's really blurred a line between audiences and performers. And uh, I I think it's a great, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a really good thing.
1: Yeah. That's why when we're recording here live and, and whoever's here just walks in the room, I immediately acknowledge them and tell them to talk. And I don't take it out because I think it's fun. Lazy. (laughs) Now, Bags, we're not gonna ask you your daughter's name because you don't want to put it out there, but uh but how is Rebecca?
2: <laughs> uh, that's not her name. Uh, she's doing good. All right, cool. You're
3: an idiot. She, we call her baby bags, right? Yeah. We call her baby bags. No, yeah. I don't think so.
4: I don't know I if think I you like started
3: it, Pat. Baby bags. I never said baby bags. Yeah. Oh, that's what we got to do our own rock solid Bjorns and call them baby bags.
1: <laughs> and just put your baby in there.
3: Yeah. I- but let's do them on the cheap. Let's just
1: literally, it's a bag with like a belt. Like it's like a Target bag turned inside out. You just put your baby in there.
3: Uh, just a Target bag. We'll get sponsorship.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, then, and then we could say available exclusively at Target. At
3: Target,
4: yes.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I did uh, in bags is your daughter in school live or is she uh, schooling from home right now? What's happening
2: in Ohio? Uh, she is in school live. Her class is small. Okay. Uh, she's kind of in this trumpet school thing because she is on the autism spectrum. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, her classes are smaller. So it's, it'd be kind of hard for her to do uh, remote work mm-hmm. for her school. So She's alive for now. It's not too bad right now where I live. Okay. But yeah, I've been vaccinated and all that stuff.
1: All right, cool. Well, that we wouldn't let you in the Zoom room if you weren't vaccinated. Right. We don't. We don't want to get this. Um,
3: hey, bags, bags. I have a question. I'm sorry. Hey, Murray. Did you say trumpet school?
2: Yeah, it's a. It's this thing. It's kind of like special learning. That's okay. Why they call it trumpet.
3: Okay, I never, I'd never heard that
2: phrase. I was curious.
1: Now, Michael, if we met your daughter, uh, would we, would we initially know that she's on the spectrum? How does it present itself?
2: Uh, She does talk a lot, so it's, but it's, you could kind of tell a little bit, but. Mm She used to be much quieter when she was younger, but she her speech skills are a lot better now. I think right. better than mine sometimes.
1: <laughs> well, look, uh, we all talk a lot, and uh, so who? Maybe, look, when I was a kid, they would just say, they would just say I was hyper. You know what I mean? That's what. That's all it was. That kid's hyperactive. But now we uh, but now we know more.
3: Yeah, and, and we refer to you, we refer to you as different words now. <laughs>
1: That kid's an asshole <laughs> <laughs> All right, I copped out with this one because this was a song that I I've, I've known forever, so I just went with Casey Jones.
3: It's great. It's it great. Is great.
1: It is great.
0: Driving that train, how cocaine. Casey Jones, he's better. Trouble ahead, travel behind, and know the notion just crossed my mind. This old engine makes it on time, leaves Central Station about a quarter to nine. At Treble Junction, at seventeen two.
1: It's funny. There's there's songs that are like kind of more in the mainstream, like this one. They, they definitely sound more accessible than the other songs on the album for oh, sure. Yeah. Without mm-hmm. a doubt.
2: Yeah. And I forgot to tell you, yeah, this uh, working man's dead. It did go to number 27 and it Look went that. platinum. It went platinum. And then they, they had song- a
3: surface to snort cocaine off of. <laughs> That song was so even in then, you know, what, what year did this come out? 70, 1970. 70, 70. So by the time I was uh, a young youth, in you know, I I like nine, it was so in the lexicon, I knew the phrase driving that train high on cocaine. But Enough. even my biggest bornist again Christianist bubble, I couldn't tell you where it was from, but I knew it. You know what I mean? So that was that whole Casey Jones was definitely in the lexicon after that. I don't know if yeah. I'm using lexicon, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know if you're using any words right, <laughs> except asshole. Oxo, moxo. Oxo, moxo. Well, thankfully, we're going to move on to another album that I can pronounce. We're, we're moving on to American Beauty. Yes. Now, where, did you say,
3: where did you say Working Man's Dead charted? 27. Chartered,
2: yeah, 27. Okay.
1: And does this American did... Beauty continue to rise on the
3: charts?
2: Uh, it went to number 30 in the US, number 34 in Australia. Not and bad. this one went double platinum. Oh,
3: you mean Australia, do you, mate? I
1: knew it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> and double platinum. Yep. That's pretty
0: Just amazing. Like Kiss.
4: Just like Kiss.
0: <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at BP.com slash investing in America.
1: All right. What's your first tune, Bags?
2: Uh, This is uh, Candyman, sung by Jerry Garcia. All right.
0: Come on, you pretty women with your a hanging down. Open up your windows, cause the candy man's in
1: town. I have to pause it for a second. He's not going to say the word candy man five times during this song, is he? Because I don't don't want any trouble here at my house.
3: (laughs) You're such an idiot. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I don't want any... uh, Look, I don't want anything happening. Let me get back to the song. Here we go.
0: Come on, boys, and gamble. Roll those laughing bones. Seven, come, 11, boys, I'll take...
4: Letting
1: him say it once. That is it. Now, this is interesting. 36 years later, Christina Aguilera puts her stamp on Candyman. Now she makes it her own. She really changes it up with her. <laughs> she does. Right. That's if you're going to do a
3: cover. Yeah, make it your make own. Make Yeah, take a take a song, cover it, and then make it sound like a completely different song that was already recorded. Absolutely, absolutely. That totally sounds did. like Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, doesn't it?
1: Yep, and that's why we. That's why we love Christina
3: Aguilera. <laughs> all right, who's drinking now?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, hey, right. like Aguilera. <laughs>
3: uh murray american beauty what do you got surprisingly and i again i picked these songs i don't know four months ago so i'm remembering as we go along i had to, i had to have pat email my list back and yeah. i'm surprised i did not pick box of brain with phil lesh the aforementioned guy who can't sing who's my favorite member uh and i'm surprised i didn't pick ripple because i love that song mm-hmm. and i'm surprised i didn't pick picture but i didn't pick friend of the devil and i love this song i love many many covers of this song Lyle love it does a great version of the song uh jane's addiction on the grateful dead tribute album does it. no that was ripple never mind friend of the devil let's hear counting
1: it. counting crows does a great version of this song
3: <laughs> no.
1: oh boy i'm the only one who likes him
3: i like him but not that
1: friend of the devil okay
4: <laughs>
0: Trailed by 20 hounds Didn't get to sleep that night Till the morning came around Sit out, one, but I take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine I get home before daylight Just might get some sleep tonight Ran into the devil, baby Lone me 20 bills Spent the night in Utah in a cave up in the hills. Sit out and run, about I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight. Just might get some sleep tonight.
3: Right? Great to tune, it, yeah. I think, Bags, if you're if you were going to introduce the Grateful Dead to a band to a new listeners, would this be the album you would pick?
2: Uh this would be the album, I would think. Yeah,
3: I would I would think so also.
1: Let uh let's check out Tom Petty doing this song. Here we
0: go. Came up in
4: the hill. I
3: What do you think, Murray? Let me tell him? you what I like and I don't like about that. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay.
3: Whenever Tom Petty does a cover, it's it's the same thing. It's it's the same thing, but Tom Petty singing. He never like takes it on and makes it like Christina Aguilera did with Candyman. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? It's all it's I always Tom, and I love Tom Petty, and I don't want to speak ill of the dead. Um, I love Tom Petty, but it's always it's always just it's always the same thing uh, so you want to be a rock and roll star might as well have been the birds which is tom petty singing like you know what i mean now when you say you don't want to speak ill of the dead do you mean the grateful dead not not on this one no no sir i am here to promote and uh give bobby weir uh final his final years on this earth the best they could be
1: let's cleanse the palate real quick
5: when it gets my mouth-
3: And anybody out there listening who said, you know what? I bet that Michael Bagford can't jitterbug. You are fucking wrong. wrong. He was wrong. busting it out right now. Putting, how did he spin baby he, bags around? And he's, he's got like, a poodle skirt her.
1: on. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, If I say Tom Petty's name five times, will he appear? Because I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if you could just say, uh, you know, I know, Murray, you're going to say Marilyn Monroe's name five times later. <laughs> you have any references of t- today? <laughs> today I
3: today I don't. Okay. But me, right. Today I don't because we're listening to old timey music. Hey, if i if we can listen, if I'm gonna wait, I'm not gonna waste on I'm going Laura Ingalls Wilder. Come on. You're gonna well, she's still with us.
4: <laughs> Is she?
3: Well, no, not you, the original Laura Ingalls Wilder, the girl who wrote the book. She's probably long dead. You're wait, you want the author of the books to come to you? Yeah. If we're going old, why not go old school? What does what she look Esther like? from the from the Bible? What does she look like? Probably the probably not good. You know what? You brought up
1: the Bible, so I'm going to say this. I'm going to oh, say yeah. Eve's name five times because first of all, we know she does it, and second of all, she's <laughs> naked. <That's>
3: stupidest <laughs> fucking thing you ever said. <laughs> it's
1: true. It's all true. Don't care what you say.
3: All right, right. I think think saying the name five times only applies to uh, non-fictional characters, so. Well, then Eve. (laughs) Oh, you don't believe
1: in the Bible, Murray?
3: I love the fact you just said she's naked and she fucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, look, if we've learned anything from the Bible, that's what we learned. That's true. Now, before she appears, I have a nice, I got a nice apple on the table. We're all set. (laughs) And a my-
3: snake, if you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean. Of
1: course. I know what you mean.
3: Why is Bags, I'm so sorry, buddy. I'm so sorry. Why are you
1: apologizing <laughs> to him? He does- This is what he tunes in for. The shenanigans. He doesn't like this music.
3: Well, I know he's a good Christian. <laughs>
1: uh, well, Michael Bag, from what religion were you raised
2: as? Uh, kind of Christian, but I'm more agnostic at this point.
1: All right. You don't when was the last time you set foot in a church?
2: Uh probably about like five years ago, maybe.
1: And what about your daughter? Are we raising her with any uh, religious beliefs? Uh, not really. Just be a good person, Rebecca. Yeah. All right. Her name's Be a good Rebecca. person,
2: baby bags.
1: <laughs> All right. I again I copped out because I picked a popular song and I had to. That's fine. It's trucking. It's okay, man. It's truckin'. Another great one.
0: You want people to listen? Truckin'. Got my chips cashed in. Keep truckin'. Life to do the man together. More or less in line. Just keep truckin'. Oh, oh, of the neon and flashing my keys out on Main Street. New York Detroit, and it's all on the same street. Dallas, Dallas.
1: Now that little vocal part, was that Bob Weir singing that?
2: The background or the main?
1: The main there. Cause that was uh, Jay- Bob Weir. Okay, okay, good, good. And then of course, uh, the wonderful band uh, Yacht Rock band Bread They did it. They did a cover of this Have You guys ever heard this By Bread David Gates oh, and Bread
3: uh, that's, I'm going to go say no
1: Yeah here we go This is uh, Truckin' by Bread
0: That's where you can find me Truckin' down the highway Sittin' in the cab At 10 machine
2: Your face, Murray.
3: Do you think the members of Bread recorded that and then napped for like three days? Because that was the most energy I've ever heard from that band. Like, they, they were exhausted. oh, that took them out of us. That took it out of us. We gotta stop. Uh, uh.
1: <laughs> they were just exhausted. How how
3: how often do you listen to Bread, Pat?
1: Look, I have a lot of music in my iTunes for special <laughs> occasions like this. Okay. Like, if someone says, "Hey, do you want me to send you the entire catalog of Culture Club?" I say, "Yeah, send it. Whatever."
3: Yeah. You have. All right. Well, that's that's true. But I think you already had it. that. I think you already had the entire bread catalog. Nobody I have the I you. have the best of bread. All I right. have those four songs. <laughs> four. Um.
1: Wait. Are we gonna? Is this was this gonna be one of those Dave Festini things? Like Dave Festini argued that. Um, that uh, England Dan and John Ford Coley, I, they have six hits and he, he wouldn't <laughs> believe that they do. You don't think Brad, how many hits do you think Brad has?
2: I would go two.
4: Oh,
1: that's no bags. What about you?
2: Uh, they have enough to fill a best of album.
3: Yeah. Don't, don't be an dick like Murray. I'm going to read them to you here. First of all, there's a difference between a greatest hits album and a best of album. A greatest hits album is based on facts. A best of is based on opinions. You could have you could have Turd Ferguson as one of your songs, and you could put it on your best of because you think it's the best. I don't mind that song, and as a matter of fact, I might say his name
1: five times later. Turd okay. Ferguson,
3: bring him back to life.
1: All right, here we go. I'm, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at, I'm just looking it up right now. We're 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 on a tangent. Uh, yep. Bread has 12, top. 40 hits now.
4: Where also, the out same, of those, of I'm gonna fans. tell you.
1: Hold on a second one, two, three four five six four, five. Six of those are top 10. Wow, okay, so I'm gonna tell you what they are. You ready? Make it with you,
3: which is what I'm gonna do when Eve shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Eve from the Bible or Eve the rapper? <laughs> I'll well, tell you what,
1: if I say that name five times, we might be having a threesome here because I don't know who's going to uh-huh. show up.
3: I think you probably have to say it 10 times to make sure they both get there.
1: I'm going to. Uh, now, this next one, I don't know. It's called It Don't Matter to Me. I don't know that one. That one, top 10.
3: That, that, that's my opinion on bread. Next.
1: Let Your Love Go, number 28. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. If. Of course. Went to number four. Yeah. Baby, I'm going to want you. No. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I forgot about that
1: one. Why'd they write lyrics like that? Baby, I'm to want you. <laughs> Why did you say, baby, I want you?
2: I don't know. Sir Brad.
1: It's like Popeye singing it. Uh, Everything <laughs> I own.
3: No, nah, I got nothing. Went, went to number that...
1: five. Guitar man.
2: Yeah, I think I've heard of that one. You know I,
3: I've heard a guitar man or several guitar mans
1: so
4: i'm
3: sure it must have been one of those the rest of these i don't even know by title so i'm skipping them all right okay back to the dead back to the the situation look at it this way we don't have to cover bread on a full episode with bags in four years we got that out of the way exactly yeah maybe we'll do firefall and we'll play their four songs um
1: (laughs) all right yeah i gotta find my playlist i can't find my playlist everything's a mess right now Talks amongst yourselves. I don't know what right. what's we going were
3: on. on uh, we're American on American beauty.
1: beauty. All right Now we're moving on from American beauty. Oh, this is hold on.
3: This is interesting. haha It better be interesting. <laughs> it is. Um, This is where Mickey Hart leaves because his father was the manager or the business manager and stole a bunch of money from him.
2: Yes, that's true. Uh, we forgot to mention, uh, the Grateful Dead starting out, they had one drummer called Bill Critzman, okay. who joined in 1965. And then later in 1967, Mickey Hart joined in as a second drummer. Uh, about the time of 1968, they needed a manager. Uh, Mickey Hart kind of reconnected with his father. His father used to be a con man, but had <laughs> found the Lord and was willing to do good. So he wanted to help the band. So they hired him as tour manager. Uh, about the end of 1969, they found out that they had uh, a bunch of money gone, and Mickey Hart's dad was gone at this point. So Mickey Hart stayed on with the group, but he was kind of feeling like he had some blame because he brought his father on to the group. So he left about early 1971, and from 1971 to 1974, they were... Down to one drummer at that point with Bill. Mm-hmm.
4: No,
3: they didn't, didn't kick him out. He left, a, a, from my own research, and it could be wrong, he left out of like guilt. They didn't boot him or anything. He felt so yeah. bad, he left.
2: Yeah, I mean, they didn't say, like, oh, your dad fucked us out of money or anything like that. I think he just felt guilty that he brought his dad along on that. Yeah. So he decided to just leave out the guilt and just kind of worked on himself for the next couple of years.
1: How does the Grateful Dead know that money is missing? Does someone go check the coffee can?
2: I don't know, guess.
3: That's where all the weed is. You don't check the coffee can. That's where they keep the weed. (laughs) Whenever I see a band with two drummers, I always think that
1: both drummers are bad. (laughs) (laughs) Because they need two. Is that ever necessary? I understand a drummer and then a percussionist but I don't understand two full drum kits on the stage. I just don't get it.
2: I kind of got it with Genesis. Like when Phil went up front to sing, and then he would that come back sense. and do some okay. of the instrumental sections. But yeah, a lot of situations I don't find the two drummer thing works. And I actually liked the Grateful Dead better when they had one drummer.
3: There you go. I heard like their definition or the drummer's definition of it is Mickey Hart is more of a, uh, a, a, like a straight on theorist syncopated drummer, whereas Kurtzman is more of a feel guy. So I believe Hart's like laying down the heavy rhythm and Kurtzman is, is off, you know, with fills and stuff.
2: Actually, it's the other way around. Kurtzman was kind of laying down the groundwork and Mickey Hart was di- kind of doing the more percussion uh, fills type thing.
3: I think we've had enough uh, from you. Uh, are you guys bags. gonna argue okay. are you guys gonna right. keep arguing i think i think we're done we'll uh, pat and i can handle the next uh, 15 years of the grateful dead
1: no okay. um
3: let's get, get my never, sequel on did wait are come... you sure i know are you sure bags sure. I, I, all right well we'll talk off air
1: all who's, right who is who knows more about the band
3: i think bags does well, I, I don't think I'm no, I think I'm no slouch. I think we go. I think I'm number two out of this three. Yeah. I think I know my well, yeah, fair share. I think two. I know enough to co-host a episode. It's not like I just hop on an episode and do bands that I don't know about Steely Dan, me, you, and Hob the Troll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let, let's, let's check it out.
1: Siegel. What do you think of Murray's knowledge on the Grateful Dead?
3: all right bags wins all right whatever now i gotta go fucking look this up bags i was willing to let it go did hart ever but come back, back into
1: the
2: that. band oh yes he did
1: he did okay who's the drummer currently uh both of them are the current drummer they're both in so they both suck again okay great <laughs> um now bags you're mixing it up again uh, a little bit with your next pick you got a live song for us
2: uh, yes, uh, they released a couple of live albums in uh, 1971 and 1972. And there's actually kind of a bunch of songs on there that didn't get put on studio albums. I picked one that's uh, sung by Bob Weir. And this is uh, one more Saturday night. It's from Europe 72, went to 24 in the charts, and went double platinum. Double platinum again, just like Kiss. We went down
0: to- some wine
2: good yeah you know the funny thing about those live albums you know how the grateful dead's usually kind of considered the raw live fan yeah on those albums they did a lot of studio overdubs like kiss did on their live albums
1: that is that's ridiculous
2: yep and they did that for that album wow they did it for the previous album too which was uh called skull and the roses also then it's grateful dead
1: well get ready for murray to refute everything you just said wrong <laughs> so what did you find no, out this,
3: Murray about the you oh, know what it's not worth it I don't think um, what do you mean I what's I it's not right? worth it well looking up who, who's the more uh, uh, syncopated drummer versus the more uh, experimental
1: and the reason it's not worth it is because you don't want to be proven wrong no because I I, I I can't find it okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> and i don't want to ta- i don't want to take up the time because well, i love that song and i'm and i'm here to hang out with bags because well, okay, only with a
1: true a true fan would know it and that's michael bagford so i,
2: we're gonna- I don't murray's a big fan too i don't want to say murray's wrong in that it's just my opinion on the drummer thing
1: why do you keep texting me that murray doesn't know what he's doing
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's me texting you actually oh okay that
1: makes sense <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the next studio album, 1973. Album's called "Wake of the Flood." What do you got for us, Bags? Uh,
2: by this time, they had. Hold left on, wait, more-
1: wait, 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 wait. Hold on.
3: Oh, uh, why would? Why did you
1: play that? Because while you were looking up stuff, Bags played a live song, and now we're back into the studio
2: albums. Okay. All yeah, right? just kind of a diversion.
3: Oh, okay. Thanks. That's again. That goes back to my. That's off a weird solo, Ace. And it's one of my favorite that morphed into the Grateful Dead set throughout the years.
2: Yeah, Uh Bob Weir did a solo album in 1972 called Ace, and pretty much all the Grateful Dead play on that. So it's pretty much a Grateful Dead studio album. And like a dumbass, I did not include this album for the show.
3: That's okay. It's well, it's, who doesn't know what they're talking about now, bags? <laughs> it's, hmm. it's so funny. Like I, I know what the album cover of
1: that album looks like. I believe I'm going to look it up to make sure that my. I Think I know exactly what that album cover looks like.
2: Okay, while Pat Francis is doing that, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Grateful Dead had left Warner Brothers in uh, 1973. Uh, pig Band had died around that time, too, and they decided to start a uh, record label uh, called Grateful Dead Records. Uh, this was the uh, first album they did for that, uh, Wake of a Flood. Uh, this went to number 18. I don't know if it went gold or platinum. Uh didn't say in the, on the internet. Uh, this is uh, Eyes of the World. And it's sung by Jared Garcia. All right, here we go.
1: Let's have some fun. My mom's calling.
2: Oh, no. Oh, this would be good.
1: Hello. Hey, Pat. Yeah.
5: I have two addresses here for Ezra. Is is it uh, Hampshire College, West Street, Box, Amherst, Massachusetts?
1: I think that's it. What's the other one you have?
5: The other one I had was Pelham Road. Amherst, Massachusetts.
1: And do you have a 999 Go Fuck Yourself? Do you have that one? Have what? No, nothing. Um, It's the first one.
5: It's... Oh, <laughs> what'd you say? I didn't
1: say anything.
5: Yes, you did. I didn't. Hampshire College. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know what... What, what was the other
1: one? That was where um, where Ezra was living over Christmas break.
5: Oh, okay. So
1: you can get rid of that yeah. one.
5: All right, I'll scratch that out. Okay, honey, that's what I needed. Now I'm going to send this to you tomorrow. Okay. First class. Excellent. It's it's just a uh, a bubble mailer. Okay. A
1: bubble mailer, perfect.
5: And I can just put a, a piece of tape on the back of
1: it. Yeah, put a piece of tape on wherever you want, Mom. Perfect.
5: Well, just on the back.
1: Yeah, just on. Yeah, not fine. on the front. That would be crazy. All right. Okay. I love you. All I'll right. talk to you soon.
5: All right. All right. Bye.
1: Bye. Love, love
3: you. <laughs> hey, do you think it's weird that strangers <laughs> don't know your personal life cut to giving out your fucking kids' address? <laughs> um, Actually, two options, two options if you really want to find them. Well, I'm glad you brought that up,
1: Murray, cuz I will uh, I will edit I will edit uh, I'll beep out when my mom's giving the actual address. Okay. That's a good good call, Murray. I'm actually going to write that down. I never thought of that. He wanted fucking Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the address is 999. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what did you say? Nothing. (laughs) All right. Uh, Ah, The worst
2: son
3: ever.
1: Edit address.
2: Um, That's the address Murray wrote to me When he sent in the For (laughs) what it's worth
1: (laughs) I never know if anybody gets it (laughs) By the way, my mom interrupted uh, We were talking about the Grateful Dead song Eyes of the World A lot of people don't know That six years later Rainbow put their stamp on Eyes of the World All right, enough of that crap. All right, uh, (laughs) let's move on to Murray. What do you have as your next Grateful
3: Dead tune? Well, this is the first album with featuring uh, Keith and Donna, isn't it, Bags?
2: Uh, Yes, Uh, Keith had joined in 1971 because uh, Ron McKernan, Pigpen, was starting to get ill health, so they needed a new keyboardist. Oh, wait a
1: minute, Pigpen had some ill health? Why was that? Because he never washed anything on his body?
2: Uh, that could be uh, drinking a lot of alcohol can do a lot of damage to your body as well. Yep,
3: look at Murray ruined his heart. Yep, yep. you know what ruined my heart. Caring too much. <laughs> so, what's Loving. your song, Murray from Wake uh, Wake of the Flood? Uh, I picked uh, Mississi- Mississippi Mississippi Half Step Uptown Tuttle. Sounds like you
1: picked Mississippi. Let me tell you something. Mississippi! You said Mississippi!
2: <laughs> I did.
1: Mississippi half-step uptown Tootoloo!
0: What? <laughs> I'm on my way. On my way.
1: That song is so good. I also picked it. Oh,
3: nice. <laughs> the funny thing about like, you know, you guys know my past of being a Christian and my dad being a preacher and all that. Like when my dad finally like decided to start listening to stuff and he was like, I would play him stuff like this. Like, what? What is this? What? 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 This is the Grateful Dead? Like, I, was, I was censoring you. Is that what that was? I thought it was my fucking earbuds. No, I oh, do you. Don't do that. It was
2: right <laughs> in my ear. Sorry. Yeah, that hurts my ears, too. <laughs>
3: Sounded fine to me. Hey, save the shenanigans for your mom, all right? Don't fucking waste bags <laughs> right. in my All right, time I, apol- I apologize. Fucking- I apologize uh, to the world. You know what the shithead does to bags during poker on Sunday nights? I'll be in the middle of a story. and I just did it.
1: (laughs) Now you have to tell them all over again. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Asshole. So what do I do? Murray, I I wait to about the middle of poker and then Murray will be in. he'll, He'll ramp up some heartfelt story. And then what happens, Murray? You fucking mute me. And
3: how long does it take you to realize it? Because everyone starts to crack up immediately. Usually when I'm talking about my grandfather's death and I see people laughing, I'm like, oh, yeah, he <laughs> muted me. <laughs> but a bay in the ass one time. Right? Yeah, I, was tell- some, I was telling some story about a pet that died or something and he muted me. And everybody's like, Pat, don't be an asshole. We want to hear about the pet.
1: <laughs> well. That's uh, that's that that actually that sentence is heard every day here at the house. Okay. (laughs) Uh, moving on to Mr. Bagford, an album called From the Mars Hotel.
2: Yeah, From the Mars Hotel. uh, This was released on June 27th, 1974. Went to number 16, uh, still self-produced by The Grateful Dead. Uh, This is a song that Mia Murray usually fight over. Uh, playing name that tune and this is a uh, scarlet begonias so you're
1: saying this song starts to play and immediately both of you know it yes all right let's 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 uh remember you got to raise your hand and you got to yell your name out here we go what
2: are we doing? That that nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, go ahead michael do you know it
2: uh, that's Cream Puff War. We played that earlier in the show. You're right. You're right. Very nice.
1: Where were you, Murray? I don't know what we're doing right now. <laughs> we're playing Name That Tune. <laughs> oh. Let's play,
2: play Scarlet Hold Star on. M-Bags. It what for... it, what, is, no! it? what oh. is it, Michael? Uh, Scarlet Begonias.
1: All right. Let's hear a little more of it. Uh, so bad. Uh, MBags has uh, four points so far. Oh. that one a lot i don't know how i didn't pick that one
3: it's excellent i love it yeah now is this around the time they did the grateful dead movie bags
2: Uh, yes they had filmed the grateful dead movie around this time uh they were actually consider tire- retiring from touring at this point uh they had a huge uh wall of speakers which they call the wall of sound what sounded really good in concert. However, it cost a ton of money to move all the speakers around and set them up. So the band was feeling a lot of stress at this point. So they decided that they were gonna stop touring at this point in 1974, nine years into their career. So they went to film the finals, their final shows at Winterland in October of 1974. And it,
3: it's a great. I watch this a, a lot, man. I still watch it a lot. It's a great live concert. Uh, a lot of weird hippies, uh, tr- uh, really high. A lot of chicks <laughs> with no bras. It's a. Uh, it's a. It's a good. What? That's
2: cool. <laughs> okay. You get to see a lot of cool, uh, cool deadhead dancing, and there's like a really yeah. cool animation sequence that starts. Oh, there's the, a really uh, cool
3: animation, and a lot of like, like a cool tie dye suit. like a tuxedo that's tie-dyed and yeah it's really cool now let me
1: ask you something so uh so the dead retired then i did not know that interesting
2: uh it didn't last very long all right because how else are they going to make money yeah they started uh kind of they found out very quickly that they weren't going to make much money just doing studio albums so they resumed touring back in 1976 very good and murray what do you have for us from the mars hotel
3: you know looking at the track listing this might be a pretty decent one to introduce them to all uh new fans also bags i mean you got china doll loose lucy unbroken palace ship of fools like we need another song named ship of fools (laughs) there's like 12 (laughs) but i picked u.s blues Uh, this is one of my favorite grateful dead
2: songs good one. here we go (laughs)
1: Hold on, guys. You want to have some fun? Murray's mom is sexting me. Should, we, should I
3: read this? Should I?
1: Okay. Uh, that's a good song also, Murray.
3: You're just you going to fucking song? pretend like that didn't happen right now. You're just going to forget that that joke didn't fucking crash into the ground in a flaming ball of unfunny.
1: First of all, joke. I can show you.
4: the text. <laughs>
3: what, what are you
1: talking? You know how your mom is.
3: Oh, I should have never given my mom's number out on a podcast. Oh. <laughs> Along with
1: my kid's address. <laughs> Maybe your mom can send my kid some stuff.
2: Yeah.
3: But don't send what she just sent me. I don't want my kid seeing that. What is uh, your What is your mom sending your daughter, or I'm sorry, your kid, a, a bunch of tape? <laughs> Are you editing mom, that all my out? Mom,
1: my, my mom mails something. She tapes the envelope up like it's uh like it, there's a gold coins
3: in there. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and I love that she lets you know too, like in case you're worried. Just yeah, Pat, I'm I'm, gonna I'm, I'm taping it, it. I'm taping I'm it. Tape it up. I'm taping
1: and, it. And then, and then they don't know how to mail stuff. It, 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 if if it's <laughs> if it's something this big, it comes in a box this big with four pounds of packing peanuts in there, and it's it's taped up to the max. I need a hammer and a chisel to get into the thing it's terrible that said the next song i picked only because my mom's name is lucy so here's
3: loose lucy i tell you what's not loose is her packaging (laughs) true good album Uh, this is a really good album but what's interesting like that loose lucy when they would play it live it's slowed down it's more of a slow groove would you agree on that
2: bags yeah they they slowed it down for concert i guess uh which friend of the show has uh performed that song with members of the grateful dead huh the Trend red
1: Rocker, sammy hagar ah uh, oh, oh that makes sense a friend of the show i wasn't i wasn't thinking of a celebrity i was thinking of like uh, you know dave Festini. i don't know <laughs> oh yeah you're right yeah cuz he's uh uh he's friends with Mickey hart and those guys cuz of the
3: the bay area and he's yeah. really into proficient drumming
0: <laughs> sick of fame well
3: drumming. i um uh, Sammy, the Red Rocker is. Uh, there's, you can go on YouTube and uh, Phil, not Phil Lesh, uh, Bobby Weir owns this theater up in Marin County. Okay. Um, and you can go on and find Hagar jamming with the Dead, Los Lobos, David Bowie. I mean, that theater. It's called the Sweetwater, I believe. And uh, I try to. There's a. A gig up there that i go to perform on tuesday nights i always try to like stay an extra day if there's somebody good playing at that theater because all the big bay area people just drive out and play it that's cool is it a big theater or is it tiny no dude it's like it's got table
1: service wow you can't beat that Mm -mm. are you still on the wagon i am i am how long has that been
3: Uh, a little over two years what do you think is going to happen with that? Never drink again? It, no, no. Siegel and I hung out. I went out for the first time in like months, and Siegel had a beer, and I was like, "Oh, that looks good." <laughs> so, and that was the first time I've thought that in two years. So, I'll probably be wrapping it up here soon. Two years is a long time. Yeah, I won't go. Everybody's heard the story. I won't go into it. But I, you know, I think I'm probably going to start heading back out on the road in January. I booked some dates, so that's probably when I'll start drinking again. All right. And so I gotta drive
2: three hours
1: again.
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe I actually maybe just I actually just contacted them, uh Bags that uh, that club this week.
1: Why do you let bags stay in your room that night? How how that's about if I make it off? That's where
3: right? your mom was staying. <laughs> hey
1: <up>? loose, Lucy Lucy. <laughs> hey. Here comes Lucy what She
3: used to see what she could do with tape when envelopes aren't involved. <laughs> Hopefully tape your mouth shut. <laughs>
1: All right, Bag Oh, first. she
3: doesn't want to do that.
1: In keeping in line with what Murray's talking about, you're going to play a song called Crazy Fingers.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is off the Blues for Allah album. Went to number 12.
1: The <laughs> album went to number 12. Amazing. Yeah. We know the song didn't. Yeah.
0: Your rain falls like crazy fingers. Heels of fragile thunder. Recall The days That still Ought to come Some Sing blue Hang Your heart On a laughing willow Straight down To the
1: A really cool album cover. It looks like it could be an Iron
3: Maiden album cover.
2: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's it one of my really favorite cool. album covers by then.
3: I bet when I first con- moved to California, I actually hung out with the guy who designed that
2: really
3: for a while. Yeah, he, he did a few of those albums. I don't know, whatever. His name was Phil, and he was dressed in black and he had black hair. That's all I remember. Uh, I bet their concert merch is really cool. <laughs> um,
1: the Dead.
2: I don't know. I never really went to any of their concerts. I know Murray has, which I'm kind of curious to see to hear about when he saw them live. Um, yeah, you know, you, the thing about
3: Grateful Dead merch is, um, you know, how you you stay away from parking lot T-shirts. Yeah, at regular concerts, that's where you get your merch at the Grateful Dead. They used they actually welcomed. Um, uh, what's what's the word? Um selling stuff in the parking lot. They welcomed, uh, people. Bootleggers. Well, yeah. Bootleggers, for lack of better words, but you know, with their, with their, uh, approval they're not bootleggers anymore so True. a lot of the best stuff you get and they have great designs that you know the, the the skulls and the dancing bears and the turtles and the wheel they have great designs and then fans would take them and build on that nice and that's where you would get most of it but again i couldn't get anything because i couldn't bring it home and have evidence that i went although i did have one big patch of the lightning bolt skull i got one time and i don't know where that ended up
1: yeah did um uh, I had something on the tip of my tongue and I forgot it. Da, da, da. And and oh, and
3: they they're fine if you record the shows. Is that yeah, they you? started. Yeah. When did that? I don't know. That didn't start in the beginning. That's probably started after there after probably around this era when they start when they came back again.
2: Actually, that started like in the mid 80s. They were oh, actually yeah. against bootlegging for a while, but the tape trading circles were still kind of big in the 1970s. And that's how kind of a lot of people got into the live Grateful Dead. But they started having taper sections in like 1983, starting around that time. So you started getting better uh, live sounding stuff at that point.
3: All right. The cool thing about, and I might've told this story on this show, but uh, the cool thing about getting Grateful Dead tickets back in the 80s was you had to get an index card. You had to write... Murray Valeriano, four tickets, Brendan Byrne Arena, New Jersey, November 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, non-taper section or taper section. Uh, And I would put non. So I did And then you put it and you mailed it to Sausalito. And then a month later, you got back and you're like, oh, cool. I got two for Brendan Byrne. I got one for Madison Square Garden. Crap. I got two for RFK. Great. Two for JFK. Oh, I didn't get anything for Alpine Valley. So it was like this kind of like blind mail out you had to send. I like it. Yeah, it was cool. And then their tickets, and I'm really bummed. I, I don't. I lost because I, I did hold on to the tickets because they were, again, they had those great logos and and you know like risen artwork, you know, not just painted embossed. on. But it was embossed, embossed. And then that you know that kind of stuff you scratch off a scratcher ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that on there. They real I mean, they put a lot of thought into almost every, but definitely into their brand. And I can't believe I just used the word brand. I'm gonna fucking punch me now. But. You know, they really held on to that, that world they created.
1: Yeah, a bunch of hippies, and then they became uh, a little bit corporate without even knowing it. With yeah, the guess branding.
3: That, with the branding.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: Murray, what do you got from Blues for Allah? Uh, Blues for Allah. What did I pick for Blues for Allah? Ah, oh, the music never stopped. Here we go. You're, I'm definitely balancing out your, Weir, your Garcia and my weird stuff. That's for sure. This is such a
1: great song. I also picked it. (laughs) I did. Did you listen to any of these albums? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I've had them for four years.
0: There's mosquitoes on the river. Fisher rising up like birds. It's been hot for seven weeks now, Too hot to even speak now, Did you hear what I just heard?
4: Say it might have been the fiddle, Or it could have been the wind.
0: But there seems to be a beat now, I can feel it in my feet now, Listen,
4: here it comes again,
1: Alright, I don't want you, you missed guys something,
2: to, Pat.
1: I, I don't want you guys to say anything. Alright? Don't say anything. I don't want people to know yet. Don't tell people who that was, okay? You promise? Alright, good. You guys are good. Okay. The woman singing uh the vocal on that track is none other than. Right, Dad?
2: uh No, you're completely wrong on that. Okay, who was it? That was Donna Jean Godchild. That was uh, Keith's uh, wife. Great voice. No, yeah. it's not.
3: It's not. It's ter- terrible. That song. Is I, I great disagree. She comes in and drops a turd on it, man. I think she sounded good. Yeah. Really? Go back.
1: All right, I'm gonna go back. Ah, I lost my playlist. There it is. All right. Uh... Okay, I'm going I'm to get into this she again. Comes in, she comes in a little later on.
4: Or it could have been the wind
0: But there seems to be a beat now I can feel it in my feet now Listen, here it comes again
1: Janis Joplin in that voice yeah. Bags what do you think
2: uh, she sounds good on that there's, there's kind of a thing with Donna Jean vocals especially when it comes to the live stuff like there's a lot of playing in the bands where she was on and it does sound out of tune like when she's yeah, belting, yeah but she sounds really good on the record there's songs that she sounds really good on live it just kind of depends on the situation When, let's be honest, this is the
3: same with the rest of the band.
2: Yeah, I agree with (laughs) you on that.
3: You know what I mean? But here's the deal. If you're already not known for your vocals, don't hire somebody not also known for their vocals. Like, get somebody who can fucking carry a tune. How
1: come Yoko Ono can make a living out of singing like that, and this uh, this woman gets taken
3: down by Murray? Yoko was an artist. Donna was in it for the... uh, the blow. Cash. The okay. blow. Cash. The blow. Well, she came along with her husband, Keith. Yeah. So I think they're a package deal.
1: Like Stevie uh, and Lindsay with Fleetwood Mac. You got to have both
2: of them. Uh, speaking of Murray, like when Murray was off screen and you were and Pat was kind of off in this world, Frank decided to go onto the Zoom room without a shirt dancing around with like some stick thing. During the song, That uh, I mean, was paying no attention.
1: I didn't even see that.
3: He was I didn't in his underwear because
2: the song was
3: playing. Oh my god! He was in his underwear, wearing a police hat, sunglasses, and a stick, and dancing for Bagford. All right, I'm <laughs> saying, be... I'm saying, I'm saying, when Rebecca needs a prom date, boom! Don't we'll, you we'll, have a lock Frank on that room? Doesn't that room lock? <laughs> yeah, but only only for about fifteen minutes a day.
1: 15 all right uh terrapin station Mm -hmm. am i saying that right
2: you are saying that correctly
1: all right Um, i mean let me hear about it
2: uh by this time uh the band had another city manager at that time and they lost about four hundred thousand dollars worth of money so grateful dead records folded and for 1977 Terrapin Station, they uh, they were signed to Arista Records at this point. And this time they had a big name producer yeah. for their album, which, which was Keith Olson. Speaking of Fleetwood Mac, Keith Olson. Oh,
1: yeah. all right. So you picked a 16 minute song. We're going to hear about 14 minutes of this.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Here we go. Hold on. Let me lock my door. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Spiral light of Venus rising first shine
1: That song is so good. What do you think of it, Murray? I think I picked it, didn't I? Yeah, you did.
2: Yeah, I had a different time code on that. I think you went later in the song on that.
1: I might have. Maybe I, maybe you know what I think I did? I put your time code in, and then when I saw Murray had it, I put his time code in, and since it's the same file, it
3: overrode your time okay. Well, I mean, the whole second side is Terrapin and yeah. different... Um, I don't know. Would you consider that a sweet? I don't I don't know, but I think it's, it's a like sweet parts one through whatever six or seven or whatever. I believe
1: it's
2: a sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would consider it's prog terapin rock. Bullshit. is a turtle.
1: See, Bagford said that's prog rock bullshit.
2: Of course, I'm gonna pick that. That's my wheelhouse. <laughs>
3: yeah, really. <laughs> now, well, if, if Bags considers
2: a prog rock bullshit,
3: then it's a, it's a good guess it's prog rock bullshit.
1: My song, I took this cover song. Because I, when I read the title, I'm like, well, that can't be a cover, and it is. I'm about
3: to prove my Donna point.
1: Yeah, she's all over this. Here's Dancing in the Streets. Or is it Street? Either way.
0: Dancing, dancing, dancing in the streets. Dancing.
1: was keith it was keith olsen behind this cover i can't imagine they wanted to record that song
2: uh they were actually performing that in concert like starting in 1976 before they decided to put it in the recording studio
3: i rest my case i'm wrong <laughs> you know speaking of not being able to harmonize um when i, I read that when jerry garcia played uh, slide guitar on teach your children and uh, I read that he did that if only if Crosby, Sills and Nash would uh, coach them on how to harmonize. Can Who do you think won in that deal? <laughs> yeah, I know. Did they fail the class though? <laughs> hey, the slide guitar on teacher children's fantastic. The harmonizing on dancing in the street blues. <laughs>
0: Um, we're moving on
1: to 1978. The 80s are coming. This is Shakedown Street. And this is produced by Lowell George of Little Feet.
2: Yes, that's correct. It that seems like he was, good...
3: he was busy,
2: this this era of the 70s. Yeah, he was seems, super busy.
1: This seems like a good pairing.
2: Now, wow. from accounts that I've heard about him producing the album, he would like show up occasionally and say, yeah, that's good. And then... Uh-oh. head out or drink a bunch or do some of the cocaine. Them. Yeah. yeah. So this was actually produced both by Lowell George and John Kahn, who worked with Jerry Garcia a lot on his side projects.
1: All right. And the song that you have chosen and bags.
2: Yeah, this is a kind of a deep cut off the album. I don't, I think they've only performed it like six times live. And this is the ballad off the song, off the album. It's a, uh, if I had the world to give. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Everyone
1: get mellow or get the fuck out.
2: <laughs> Rock softly.
4: Great.
1: 78 you couldn't go to a wedding without hearing it (laughs) i had the world to give it's funny it was the i want to know what love is of uh,
3: that time period uh murray what did you pick for us uh i'm gonna say another good another maybe another good introductory album on this you got shakedown street fire on the mountain i need a miracle stagger lee all new minglewood blues really great songs i picked a cover uh, and i i really like the way they do uh good lovin okay let's hear it they got a good open can you open that uh just just play from the beginning i really like the percussion in the beginning of this
1: everyone calm down everyone calm down let me see was it cued to the beginning or no
3: uh no, no. I, if i gave you that cue then no
1: all right let me find it you guys talk about amongst yourselves have fun have fun with it guys
2: so does Pat know how cues like, work easily on the, the show? I don't, I don't know. I think I, I,
3: I don't, you know what? I think he's lying about his music collection. I think he just goes to iTunes and plays whatever uh, 45 second sample it mm-hmm. is. He doesn't own music. Not even going to get into Yeah. We
1: had a cue at eight seconds. At least I did. Uh, and here we go. We're going to take it from the top. You guys ready? Here we go. Good loving from the top. <laughs>
3: That right there is the definition of perfect percussion theory and synchronization you get from Mickey Hart and not Bill Kreutzmann. <laughs> and there's just one drummer on that? Two drummers. drummers. Two drummers on that. Dose.
1: Yeah. Um, I also picked that one because I thought it was going to be a sequel, Stinkeroo, and then I listened to it, and it was great. So then
3: I just kept it. Let's hear it again, and then my voice <laughs> cracked. I and live, man, live. It's a great song, live, man, and and Bobby really goes off on the vocals. It was really fun to see live back in the day. That uh, back in the day, like I was around in '78. <laughs> well, your your hair would indicate that maybe you were. Mm, your
1: hair would indicate that it used to be there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh, uh. That Stagger Lee song, I don't care who does it. That song sucks. (laughs) I hate that song. (laughs) Do you like that song? Seriously.
2: I got no problem. I
3: I wouldn't say I hate it. Well, have you heard Neil Diamond
4: do it?
2: Oh, God. Play it.
0: It was Stagger Lee and Billy, two men who gambled late. Stagger Lee threw seven, Billy swore, he threw an eight. oh could be trouble. Stagger Lee, Stagger Lee told Billy, I can't let you get away with that. How are you giving they that the thumbs up? How, how is that
3: different
4: than any other song he does?
3: How is does that? How is that different than Cracklin' Rose? Come oh. on, man. First of all, it's Cracklin' Rosie. All right, well. Yep.
1: That crackling right. rose that's Whatever. pretty bad
3: this stagger lee cover is pretty bad i at one point we all agreed we would like neil diamond like no like i don't think anybody liked neil except robbie robertson but i don't think anybody at one point we we're all like okay that's what he does he wrote a lot of songs we'll like him now well he didn't write stagger lee and that song
1: blows who who originally did that
2: i think it was just, like, oh. traditional.
1: The traditional yeah tune? um Traditional, like bad, bad Leroy Brown. (laughs) We could do a
2: whole show on shitty Neil Diamond covers. (laughs) Wow. Okay. He did. (laughs) There's
1: a lot of them. Why stick to covers bags? There's a lot. I love Neil Diamond, but there's a lot, a lot of shitty Neil Diamond covers. All right, bags We're on shakedown street, right?
2: Uh, uh, We're going to, uh, we're going to go to heaven.
1: Oh yeah. We were just on shakedown street. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go to heaven. And look at this. Look at this. The band is on the cover in some white suits. Are they making fun what, of disco? 79 or 80 1980 April 28th. Are they yeah. making fun of disco with this cover?
2: I don't know if they were trying to do that or not. I know uh, Mickey Hart was a big disco fan uh, with the syncopated drumming. and. <laughs> <Chief of laughs> that's
3: what, that's what people go to disco for the syncopated drumming in the, in the
2: theory.
1: This, uh, <laughs> I like this album cover though, because they're kind of leaning into it. They're, they got the wind machine on and they just, uh, and they actually, they actually all look
3: reasonably good looking on this album cover.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the most I part. mean,
3: Mickey Hart's starting to look, got a little Hall and Oats action, a little Oats action going on around yeah. this era. Um, the, yeah. I don't, what?
1: Do you want to take this album cover for 15 minutes and see what happens? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, Save your time. So, so I, pre- is, I prepared for this.
1: Is Donna gone? Because she's not on this.
2: Uh yes, both Donna, Jean, and Keith. Uh, they their marriage started to uh, fall apart at this point, and when she heard much, when he heard
3: her sing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so they had left by this time. Uh, so this this started the start eighties at this point. So they got Brent Midland on keyboards, and. I, I think he's a good vocalist he was a good uh, keyboardist for the band at that time uh this dude, album, I,
3: that dude that dude could sing man i yeah. love i love brent medlin's voice
2: i'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't pick any of his songs for the show hopefully somebody else did we'll i don't think i happens.
3: did actually to, as I, as i rave about him i don't think i did either
1: <laughs> oh i'm sure i didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, uh, yeah, go check his songs out, guys, if you want to. Uh, what was his, his album, band
3: before this, uh, Bags? Do you know offhand? Oh, it was Silver, I think.
2: Okay, I'll look it I up think, while you talk, sorry. Yeah, I think it was like Silver or something like that. But anyway, this album was uh, produced by uh, Gary Lyons, who also did the, uh, I think it was Night in the Ruts by Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and this album did well. It went to number 23. Uh this album has a lot of good stuff on it uh, I picked Althea Off of it mm-hmm. And this is a uh, song by Jerry Alright
0: I told Althea I was feeling lost lagging in some Direction
3: althea I like it. That's a that's a good that's a good Grateful Dead song. Like that, that's got the good that's got good vocals, it's got good Jerry on it. It's got excellent syncopated drumming by uh uh Phil Kritzman. No, no, (coughs) Mickey Hart. (laughs) That's i think that's a good representation of the Grateful Dead, especially over this era. Have you ever said syncopated drumming more than you've said it today? I don't even know if I'm using that word correctly. Who wins in a fight althea or athena
2: i heard she's just a bomb
1: that's right all right i'm gonna play a little bit of uh this uh this guy uh midland brent midland from the band silver here's a song you might know are you ready for this yeah hold on it's queuing up here it is (laughs) Murray Super Sounds of the 70s. Brent Midland. He's not singing that, but this is his band, Silver.
2: I wonder if he's frozen. I think
1: Murray is frozen. Oh, boy. If he's not frozen, it's, he's really faking it very well. That might mean he might not have heard any of Silver. That might which is great for us. We might
2: have to play it again. Yep. Did he just bail? Did uh, silver have any other hits or was that just pretty much it?
1: Uh, let me check that out. Cause I, I actually, I actually
2: have,
1: <laughs> I have the whole album. He's gone. He'll be back. Um, that was the only single off that album. And, uh, it features Tom, uh, Tom Ledden on vocals and bass. He was with mud crouch. And his, yeah. uh, his brother was in the Eagles, Bernie Ledden. So, uh, that's some info for you. We're yeah,
2: going to conc- Murray loves those uh, Tom Petty covers. I heard.
1: Oh, he loves them. Well, we're going to continue without Murray. He'll be back. I'm sure. Uh, he said he just got knocked off. Oh no. He got knocked up. No, knocked off. Okay. <laughs> um, so bags, you played Althea. Right. And Murray and I picked the same song. So I'll just play it for Murray and I. This is Alabama Getaway.
2: Nice choice.
1: Yeah. Great tune. How did this album do? Did you tell me and I and I ignored you?
2: Uh, it did pretty well. It went to uh, number twenty-three on right. the charts.
1: They seem to hang out a little bit in the twenties.
2: Yeah, they they actually did pretty well. you would think that they would have like it go to like the number one hundred and seventy-one or something <laughs> like that.
1: No, yeah. When you're giving me some of these stats, it's way better than I than I assumed they did.
2: Yeah, so, it, it just it goes to show you how you know well th- that they did in the seventies actually in album sales and
1: yeah because again these, this is their studio output and I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have thought that these would uh, in some cases charted at all but they did so uh, I'm glad you're bringing that info. All right, now we're moving into what is their most commercially successful album? Correct? Am I right?
2: Yes, I would say that's true.
1: And uh, did it go platinum? Did it go double platinum?
2: Uh, it went to number six went in the charts. Six.
1: That's big. That's their highest charting album.
2: And just like Kiss, it went double platinum.
1: And this is uh this is at the height of MTV. So these guys got to do a video.
2: Yep, and they uh, they did a pretty they did a good video for uh, Touch of Grey. Kind of have the skeletons,
1: and yeah, and yeah, it fits their image and their brand. I just clicked to let Murray back in the Zoom room. Here he comes.
2: Hello, hi Murray. uh,
1: Thanks for listening to the show and uh, for the playout song. Bags is I'm kidding, Murray. Murray, you changed angles. You changed lighting. You might have put a little. uh, Oh, my whole system's
3: fucked up. Hold on.
1: Uh oh this stays in bags i'm not cutting this out <laughs> this all stays in okay bags what's your first song off in the dark
2: uh my song this is another bob weir song uh, this is like i think it was the third single off the album this is called uh, throwing stones wait okay. hold on did i miss my song no no pat had the same choice yeah alabama
1: getaway we okay okay
2: great dizzy with eternity
4: Sky brushing some cloud and sea. Call it home for you and me.
0: A peaceful place, a sort of looks from space. A closer look reveals the human race. Full of hope, full of grace is the human face. But afraid we may lay out. Home. all fall down Now watch the ball Good tune. Yeah.
1: Murray, what do you got from In the Dark?
3: Um, Have we talked about this all being their biggest album and all that crap? Oh, yeah, well, we I talked all
1: about that. We talked about syncopated drumming and
3: everything. Okay, good, good. What did I pick? Let me see. Uh Something in a bucket. Oh, I did pick Hell in a Bucket. Why did I pick Hell in a Bucket?
1: Because you love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: down your carpet at home quite proper. Never mind, I stumble and fall. Never mind, I stumble and fall.
4: You imagine Mississippi champagne from your boot for a taste of your elegant part. I may be going to hell in a
0: bucket, babe, but at least I'm enjoying the ride. At
4: least I'm enjoying the ride.
1: great song so far. That was terrific.
3: That was the song that would always be brought up in my church about why the Grateful Dead was so bad, because they're talking about going to hell in a bucket, but they're enjoying the ride. You, you
4: know, they're going <laughs> to hell.
3: They don't understand that, that they're having fun now, but eternity is is is, is going to be a bear. I well, I'll tell scene. you
1: what, I, I don't envy that religious upbringing like I that at understand. all. Alright, look, I'm going to save my song for the play out Did I do that? Yeah. Bags, you did
2: not choose a song from Built to Last? Yeah, I did not pick a song from uh, Built to Last. And why not? Uh, I think it was just like, I like the live versions better. It was just like, uh, I got to stick to 14. I just didn't pick something from Built to Last. So you guys go ahead.
1: Okay, no, you go. Let's play. Or did you want this to be the playout song?
2: Uh, It doesn't have to be the playout song. We can play it before your playout song. I'm fine with that. Well, let's it play it right now. It's your, it.
1: it's your turn. No, because so. it's,
2: a, it's after Built
1: to Last. Oh, I get it. I get it. Okay, Murray, what do you got from Built to Last?
3: I uh, wasn't a fan of this album. I got just a little like.
1: Okay. Let's hear some syncopation. <laughs> Not enjoying
3: that. That was Brent on uh, vocals.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that that
3: much. Okay. Nah,
1: you know. I didn't like it.
3: Didn't know we to rating them all as we went.
1: Yeah, we've been doing it the whole time.
3: I thought we just started.
1: Oh. I uh, I picked the title track. Built to last. From built to last. By the dead. There's-
0: must call. You can take a lot of reckoning, but you can't take it all. There are times when I can't help you out, and times that you must fall. There are times when you must live in doubt, and I can't help at all. Deep blue star.
1: let me ask this i wanted to ask this i forgot to ask it did the uh did the hardcore dead fans feel betrayed by touch of gray and the video
2: they didn't really feel betrayed however it did cause a kind of a ruckus in the scene because a lot of new fans got introduced to that song so You had more rowdy people show up to concerts, and there was a lot of problems wherever they played because it seemed like there was like riots sometimes and unruly crowds. Uh, venues would tell the band not to play there anymore. Wow! Can I speak so, to
3: this? I was there there during that whole kind of transition. What happened? I started man? seeing I started seeing them um, around this time, so it went from really hippy dippy stuff in the parking lot where it was just cool and and you could hang out after the show or before the show or sometimes I even go into the show and, you know, it was really communal, lots of vendors, you know, you could buy stuff first time I ever had a falafel in Jersey Uh, you know, and then when it hit a lot of drinking came in uh, a lot of, like, you know frat boys started coming there were fights um, and when I used to see them a lot in the Meadowlands, they were the security was already, it was already known for being rough and they ended up killing a kid, oh, uh, beating him to death. Uh, a kid named, uh, oh, I forget his name right now, a blank up, but yeah. So it got really rough to where they ended up banning. And now I would get started. I kind of left around 90, stopped seeing them. And I think they kind of banned all that uh, parking lot um, vending and uh, kind of community, which killed a lot of deadheads' Livestock could livelihood because they would go and sell their wares. And so, yeah. So it killed a lot of that. I don't know if they ended up bringing it back later on. I mean, there's only really only a few more years until Jerry passed away, anyway. So, but yeah, it got really. I remember seeing like fist fights a in a show. in a Grateful Dead parking lot, and it was you know backwards hats, guys with their Meister brow and Bud Lights and Silver Bullets, you know, shotgunning it in the lot. You know, just it's really, ridiculous.
1: yeah, yeah. All right, Bagford, you got a live. This will be Michael's last song. He's got a live track for us. Tell us about it.
2: The uh, Grateful Dead never did a studio album after Built to Last. Uh, they were going to make a studio album in the '90s. However, uh, Jerry's health started getting bad again. He would uh, he would relapse a lot. Uh, he actually went into another coma in 1992. Actually, we didn't. I forgot to tell this, but he did go into a huge coma in 1986 before In the Dark* was released. it Was a diabetic coma, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he pretty much lost the ability to play guitar for a few months after he went for that coma and it took a few months for him to regain his abilities. But I think just the stress of touring and you know dealing with the the rough crowds, it just kind of took a toll on him. it, took a toll on him just being as the leader of the Grateful Dead and I think he wanted to kind of do his own thing he was just under a lot of pressure and I think that's pretty much kind of what led to his death uh, but and, and heroin yeah, uh, smoking heroin
3: probably <laughs> is
2: not going to help
3: matters. Yeah, not I'm, I'm not I'm not one to point the fingers on drug use because I dabbled in drugs. In my, but it, it, I mean, when you're on that level and you're doing that much of it and, and everything else you just mentioned, I mean, and the guy, let's be honest, not to quote Nick DiPaolo, but Nick DiPaolo like, who would have thought that health nut would have kicked off early? Like <laughs> he didn't exactly, you know, have the greatest diet and wasn't in the greatest shape.
1: Passed at 53 years old. It's kind of a, it's kind of a miracle he lived that long with all the stuff he was doing.
2: Right? No. Yeah.
1: How old are okay. you, Murray? 50. Three more years. I know. You would have
3: been dead, what, 10
1: no, I would have been dead four <laughs> years ago.
3: But think about it. I mean, you, what? Well, let's maybe I'm I'm promoting the rock and roll lifestyle. But hey, man, brother.
4: Woo-hoo. But
3: dead at 53, playing music, making tons of money and doing drugs. Maybe not the doing drugs part or working a nine to five you hate and you retire at 70. You know, like, is it really that is it that sad of a story that he died at 53 or is it like, hey, man, we're only on here for a, 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 a second way to, way to live it.
1: You're painting a, a nice Uh-oh. rosy picture. I'm going to tell you this, Bagford. Monday, you quit. Quit that job on Monday is what, <laughs> what I'm saying, know? dude.
4: <laughs> I, I've been to Ohio. There's plenty
1: of heroin. there. Cash it in, man. <laughs> Find a meth lab and get out. Come on. What's your song, Bags?
2: Uh, this song is from the very last concert that they did. Uh, this song is called "So Many Roads," and I originally had this as a playout song because it's from the last show. Well, wait,
1: then it can be the playout song. No, it's fine. I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it should be show the playout song. This is your
2: episode. I don't. We could do your playout song. I don't mind this being the second to last playout. All right, That's fine. Hold on.
3: Is his play out song a Grateful Dead cover done by Rainbow or April Wine or something? Because if so, I want to go out on your song.
1: No, I, I'm just going to play Touch of Grey because it's <laughs> right. like, the you know. And that's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this song is.
2: This song is called So Many Roads. And you can kind of tell that Jerry, it kind of sounds like Jerry's going to pass away in the song a bit. It's All kind right. of like a foreshadowing.
1: Well, I'd love to play it, Michael, but we're out of time. Anyway, oh, okay. Murray, so Murray, you can be found at. Okay, here we uh, go. At Murray. <laughs> so many roads. So many roads.
0: Thought I heard a blackbird sing <laughs> up on Bluebird Hill. Mm-hmm. On me, a wine boy. sun don't shine and i don't deny my name got no place to go ain't that a shame but i heard that casey whistle moaning sweet and low but I, I heard that casey when she blow now where the sun don't shine Underneath the Cocoa Mole, one more got no face to go. So many roads, I tell you. So many roads, I know. So many roads, so many roads.
1: So that's Jerry on vocals and his last performance?
2: Yes.
3: Wow,
1: he sounded okay though a little a little frail, but pretty great.
3: I thought he sounded extremely frail. To be honest with you,
1: I'm sorry, Mary. What did you say? You sound really frail right now.
3: Do I sound extremely frail?
1: Really, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, could you get Frank back in here? That's how nah. bad you sound.
3: <laughs> you know, i so life of. Back. I've lived a life of doing drugs and playing music. I'm ready to check out at 50.
1: <laughs> Do you want to check out on the surfboard?
3: Or no, in bed. Uh, I don't know. I All mean- right. As long as it's not painful, I'm fine. I, although I don't want to drown. That, that's That sounds terrible.
1: And when I said in bed, I meant napping.
3: Oh, yeah, I'll do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's do some promoting. Michael Bagford, you are funny on Twitter, so I'd like people to follow you at Michael Bagford. I don't know how you came up with that handle, but it works.
2: That's because nobody used it, so that's why. Perfect,
1: you're the one and only Jag Bag. Yep, I bet now if you did Twitter, you'd make your handle would be Jag Bag.
2: No, it wouldn't be. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay. Murray, tell us all about you. I know you got a game show that I've taped three episodes and none have dropped. I don't know <laughs> if I'm ending up. And, I'm, I'm on the cutting room floor. Well, I'm are
3: dropping, you, I'm dropping them the funniest to the least funniest. So. Are, you,
1: <laughs> are you, are you saving me for uh, for DVD extras? I mean, I'm not quite
3: sure. Uh, I'll be honest with you. you were supposed to, as of we speak, your episode was supposed to come out this Monday, but I had, I, I'm running very low on women so I had to put a show with a woman on it. And uh, so you got bumped next week.
1: I try to be as uh, as much of a fancy boy as possible, but. Okay.
3: No, no, but you know, any, anyway, so yeah, you're on. Yeah. You come back with the vengeance. You're, you're on the Patreon bonus game that was just released this week. Woo-hoo. And uh, you got two episodes so far this season. So right. you'll, there'll be. You'll what, happened your, to you'll, what happened you'll to my your original with one Petri's? that I
1: did from the first season? Is that gone? That's gone. It can't even be like bonus content.
3: I don't know. I don't know. It, I made so many mistakes in this, getting this game up, man. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a 15 man production and I'm doing it with two people. So I I've ended up, thank God I've got good friends. being serious. Good friends like Pat, who, what I had to call three times and say, ah, I fucked up again. Can you come back? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Anytime you want.
1: <laughs> I like doing it. Look, you can tell me that you're not even recording it and I'd still play because it it's fun.
3: Oh, thanks, man. It is a lot of fun bags. Thanks for supporting the show too, man. I I, I see you retweet the show and everything. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. I love the show so far. Oh, so far okay.
3: and where do we Semicle find like a lot of confidence <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it sounds like you're thinking about Pat's upcoming episodes oh, yeah. <laughs> where and where can we see it? YouTube? Uh, What's your what you yeah, channel? It's called for what it's worth. And you can uh, go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Murray Valeriano comedy, or you can just Google Murray Valeriano for what it's worth. And uh, there's always links up on at Murray V on uh, Twitter and Murray V comedy on Instagram. And we got mm-hmm. Pat Francis coming up uh who else we got we got alan cross a canadian uh broadcaster we got david Wild coming up we got uh yeah a lot of great a lot of great people we got uh damian fahey from mpv's trl i'm recording with tomorrow dave holmes is coming up cool
1: i love that yeah. you said i need women and you haven't named one <laughs> I, <don't, yeah. laughs>
3: I got all right well i got ali mckay coming up from kevin and bean out here uh the, the morning show. All right. I got, uh, who else come? Uh, Mary Gallagher makes her triumphant return. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Jackie Cation's scheduled, but she's so busy uh, coming on. Kira Soltanovich is so busy, but sh- she's supposed to be coming on. Um, it seems like the ladies are working and the yeah. guys aren't. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. every time, like every time I call Jackie or Kira, uh, they're like, can't work and can't work. And yeah. every time I call Pat Francis, it's like, I'm, I'm just waiting well, for you to call.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this show has been lady light too. I'm trying to rectify that, but it's uh, it's not for lack of reaching out. Have you tried Lori Kilmartin? So funny. Again, so busy.
3: All right. She's so she's so busy. Although now that Conan's over, I don't know. Maybe she's uh, I don't know if she's got a new writing gig yet. But
1: Co- COVID's over. Conan. Conan. Oh, Conan, oh, Conan
3: nineteen.
1: Okay. Yeah, Conan nineteen. No, but
3: she. You know, Lori's great, but she's so busy. She's so busy.
1: Silverman, Sarah Silverman.
3: Uh, I have not contacted her.
1: All right. You can follow us at Rock Solid Show.
3: <laughs>
1: Francis, you can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. T-shirts, I think we're going to have beanies soon for the winter months. Get no bean- shit.
3: What? No shit, really? Yeah. I was literally just looking at it for what it's worth beanies yesterday. The they're they look great. I- I mean- are, are, are you going through Angelo or are you going through somebody else?
1: Through Angelo. He he said, "Hey, what if if I put some of these up, is that cool? I'm like, whatever you want to put up, put it up.
3: Oh fuck! All right, excellent. No, yeah. excellent. And bags. You got a beanie coming to you, buddy.
2: Is there going to be any beanie babies? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. You can carry.
3: You can carry it in your uh, right. baby bags. You can carry your beanie baby in your baby in your baby bag.
1: Two hours and twenty six minutes, guys. Okay, so that's
3: that's actually. I I, I should have took the under because I thought we were doing at least three. Well,
1: I had fun. I could have,
3: uh, by the way, uh, I had to switch computers, but yet I'm still leaning into this microphone. Um, that's not working on my other computer. So I don't know if I can keep doing that.
1: <laughs> no one will ever see it. There's no video okay. for this. There's no <laughs> video. Uh, Michael Bagford, thank you so much for suggesting this topic and for joining us from Ohio. Have a great rest of your day and I hope you have an excellent week at work. Murray Villariano, I will see you in an hour and a half so you can win $40 from me. <laughs> and I am Pat Francis. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show as always. And here is our playout song, A Touch of Grey. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>